Washington State lost Jaden Delore in the offseason, but they appear to have more than a suitable replacement in Cam Ward. What he showed and what the Cougars have coming out of their spring game over the weekend today on Locked On Pac-12. Let's go. Our Locked On Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Pack 12. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin, D1 play by play broadcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen or your first view if you're watching YouTube every day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with all things coming out of the Conference of Champions. Happy Star Wars Day, by the way. I've got this lovely piece of Star Wars art behind me in my brother's apartment where I'm recording this show from in Anaheim, California. It's from The Force Awakens, not one of the better Star Wars movies out there. And I'll just put it into the ether real quick right off the top because it's Star Wars Day and I'm a huge Star Wars fan. At the top of the list is Rogue One, followed by Empire Strikes Back. At the very bottom of the list is Rise of Skywalker. Last Jedi is also an acceptable answer there in my book. Let's go up to Pullman now and out of a galaxy far, far away where the Cougars had their spring game under their now full-time head coach, Jake Dickert, who was the interviewing coach last year, as he put it. Not the inter- interim, interim head coach. It's a weird word, but rather the interviewing head coach. So the final score of this game was 56 to 51. Now they were doing an offense versus defense setup. You know, some teams split between, uh, you know, two teams evenly where they had some starters on each side of the ball, some reserves on each side. If you have the requisite number of players at every position, I think that's what most coaches will want to do. But Washington State had a limited number, number of offensive linemen. So Splitting them into two teams probably wasn't going to make a whole lot of sense because they would have been outmatched and guys playing both ways. It just you know it, it would have gotten a little bit uh, a, a little bit exhausting for those guys and whatnot. So apparently they this is what the commentators were saying during the game. The the rules were slanted in favor of the defense. Now I didn't see exactly what the rules were, but when I saw the fifty six to fifty one final score, first of all, I assumed that they weren't doing uh, just offense defense. But second of all, I just thought, boy, that's exactly what you expect from a Washington State spring game, isn't it? Or just a Washington State game in general over the last several years because as because that brand of an air raid attack, which you know they're still running up there in Pullman that is a little bit of a holdover from the Mike Leach era. I think that that brand for Washington state is certainly there. And, you know, even if it was an offense defense, just Washington state 56, 51, that, that that made me chuckle a little bit, but the, uh, the defense actually had a 49, 28 lead at the half and defense has been more of a story for the Cougars over uh, the last year or so than, than it was during the Mike Leach era. And I'll get to that later in the show. But uh, the biggest standout here in this game on what looked like a lovely day up in Pullman was Cam Ward. The incarnate Ward transfer. Look, one is W-A-R-D, one is W-O-R-D. Don't ask me the little nuances of how they're supposed to be pronounced differently or or if they are really. So Cam Ward comes in after Jaden Delora 
leaves to go to Arizona. And I just, I didn't see that one coming at all when it happened in the off season. And I was kind of thinking, boy, where are they going to go now at the quarterback position? The answer was pretty clear. It appeared clear when Cam Ward came over from uh, FCS, the FCS level two years as a first team, all Southland conference performer down there for incarnate ward. And he went 21 of 30, 246 yards, four touchdowns and no picks on six possessions. Now, the Cougars defense, you'd like to see a little bit more than what they showed in this game, but there were a lot of starters who were not playing. They also lost a number of players. Another thing I'll touch on later here in the episode. Uh, but right now we're talking about Cam Ward, who, you know, a season ago in the Southland Conference, which was a highly competitive FCS conference last year and has been over the last couple of seasons, he threw for over 4,600 yards, 47 touchdowns, and 10 interceptions. And as I mentioned, first team all Southland each of his first two seasons in college football. So this is a guy who knows how to sling it. He, he knows how to put up numbers. And if you're going to run an air raid attack, then that's just the perfect kind of guy that you're going to bring in. Someone who knows how to throw the ball. A lot. I mean, in a, at the college football level, 4,600 yards in a season is a really, that's a really, really big number. So's 47 touchdowns and only 10 interceptions. I mean, he he was sensational. And, you know, he actually graded as one of the highest rated quarterback transfers in the class of 2022. I, I mean, really, really high. It was Caleb Williams. And then uh, who was the other guy that was in front of him? Um, Quinn Ewers, who went to Texas. And then... You had Cam Ward. He was ahead of Keaton Slovis, the USC starter from last year, went to Pitt, and Quinn Ewers, one of the top quarterback recruits in his class in the country, went from Ohio State to Texas. He was rated ahead of those guys as a transfer quarterback. And when you watch him throw the ball, the motion is kind of funky, not Phillip Rivers funky, where it looks like he has to put his whole body weight into the throw in order to get it downfield. It's not the most prototypical fundamental throwing motion, but it's a very easy one. And you can see why he can throw for so many yards. He gets it down the field easily. Everything, everything's just kind of, just kind of right here. Just an easy flick of the wrist, you know, and it looks a little different than you might be accustomed to not a lot, but a little. And I, I tell you what, he, he knows how to throw it around the field. And he had a number of open receivers, but you know, you got to hit open receivers. You, you'll have a few of those every now and then in, uh, in, in the fall, come Saturdays. But, you know, several defensive starters were missing, uh, but not every offensive line starter was available either. And Coach Dickert was making a point to play a lot of second, third, and fourth stringers in this game as well. So, it's noteworthy that you know he he had such a great performance. Again, six possessions, four touchdowns, two hundred forty six yards. That's uh, that's mighty impressive. And I I think that the Pac twelve has got a guy up there for Washington State now who they're going to have to reckon with and and deal with on a weekly basis because he's going to be able to put up some points. And he's clearly the starter. I mean, you bring in a guy like that. And you figure that he's going to have the edge being the starter. You know, I was talking about Washington yesterday. Michael Penix, probably the lead candidate there. But I think that that quarterback job is much more open 
this is one of the ones in the Pac-12 that is on lockdown. This is Cam Ward all the way. He looked like the right choice. The other two quarterbacks, they each threw a couple interceptions. And, you know, they had some nice throws as well. But Ward came here to start, and it seems like he, he definitely should because he is uh, he, he looked he looked really good. He looked really comfortable and looked like he belonged as well. I think that's, you know, a concern that, that fans have sometimes when a quarterback comes from the FCS level is, you know, is he going to be able to adjust to uh, the speed? And this is certainly a guy who, who looks perfectly ready to step in and do that. And I think Washington state will get plenty of production there. Their head coach did something that may seem insignificant. Jake Dickert that is, but I think is pretty important for Washington state. I will tell you what that is after I tell you about built bar summer is coming. And with summer, you're going to need some food on the go. Mine are in my golf bag. Maybe you need them in a travel bag or a hiking bag or, or whatever the kit, maybe your kids' backpacks, whatever the case may be. Built Bars will fuel you up for your summer adventures. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, 17 grams of protein. You can go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Jake Dickert is a guy who used a very interesting term a season ago, interviewing head coach rather than interim head coach. He was a defensive coordinator, and he's done really good things with the Cougars defense. And I was watching his post-game interview after uh, the spring game over the weekend or spring showcase, whatever you want to call it. Everybody's got a, di a different name for it. But uh, this may seem insignificant to some, but when I watch him talk, about his players, about his team and the program and the community. He seems so legitimately bought into me. And I really like seeing that in a coach, especially at a place like Pullman, where you are way out of the way, a historically solid brand in the Pac-12. But would I say they're, you know, upper echelon? No, they haven't been to a Rose Bowl. I, I don't know off the top of my head the last time they went, but that's how long it, it has been. So they're not one of the premier brands in the Pac-12, and it's a tough place to recruit because you're, you're geographically, geographically isolated. He just seems so all in on being Washington State's head coach, and I, I think that matters in a place like Pullman. It, it matters when you're in a smaller college town where you know the, the, the football team is kind of the biggest game in town and – I, I just I like seeing that from a head coach in, in a place like that. And he does a really good job of, of portraying that persona. And I think it's a very legitimate one. I don't think it's an act to try and sell Cougar fans on him as a head coach so that he can lobby for a bigger job. And, you know, maybe he would take one one day. But I, I don't think that needs to be anywhere near the front or even the back of Cougars fans minds right now. 
I, I think that he is really all in and uh, is just a really good, genuine guy. I like the way he talks to his team. And I, I was just a, a fan of the way that he presented himself to represent Washington State's football program. And, and I think Cougar fans should feel that way as well. Let's get to our next segment here as we continue running through the uh, the Pac-12 spring games. And that's three players who earned playing time. And th- there were a lot of reserves who who had snaps in a significant way in this game. But this is all, you know, semi-game film for coaches to look at. There are opportunities to move up a slot or two on the depth chart to, you know, get some touches during the game. And you know, I'll get to the defensive side because, you know, that's where Coach Dicker comes from. He was the defensive coordinator and now is uh, the head coach. Of course, they have a new defensive coordinator this year. I'll talk about him a little bit later. But w- when I watched the spring game, one of the guys who stood out to me was a walk-on running back by the name of Dylan Payne. He was wearing number 37, which is a very walk-on-like number at the running back position or any position, frankly. I mean, you're only going to be a linebacker, safety, or running back wearing uh, any of those most likely. Maybe a tight end, maybe. Uh, I think there was a Washington tight end wearing number 37, but Dylan Payne, look, I I don't know. It's hard to tell with Max Borgie uh, having departed for the NFL, and he's in a, a competition, by the way, for the number three running back slot with the Indianapolis Colts with wait for it. Drum roll, please. Oregon's CJ Verdell. That's what the, the reports that I've read are, are, are saying. So I think that that is uh, pretty fascinating that you got a couple of pack 12 guys vying for that, uh, that coveted number three running back slot. I think Borgie has the edge. I think he's a better pass catcher, makes guys miss in space, better Verdell, a little bit more physical downhill runner between the tackles. But in terms of who's the more well-rounded of the two, I definitely go with Max Borgie. I, I thought he was really, really good and, you know, did a lot of great things for Washington state in the air raid offense. But if he'd been a premier back in a more run oriented scheme, he could have been tremendously productive still was, but you know, I, I think there was definitely something left on the table, but I think Cougar fans are glad that, that they were able to have him. But Dylan Payne, you know, he, again, he might not end up making the regular rotation because he's a walk on and there were a lot of backups playing in this game, but he was kind of doing his best Max Borgie impression out there. I mean, when I watched him, I just couldn't help but notice the similarities. His build was, was remarkably similar to Borgie and the way that he caught the ball and quickly tucked it away and made cuts in space and you know was decisive and quick but also physical at the point of attack. I, I was impressed. I, I thought that he looked good, and I wouldn't be surprised at all if this fall – if he ends up getting uh, some carries every now and then, you know, a lot of the things with regards to the depth depth chart for Washington state are still kind of remaining to be seen. But I, I tell you what, I watched Dylan Payne. He kept making plays. He got the ball in space. He made plays. He had opportunities to make guys miss. And he did. He showed, you know, uh, enough speed to be on the field for a power five program, even as a walk on. And I just, you know, occasionally, walk-ons are are able to produce and I, I thought that Dylan Payne really did some some nice things so well we'll see if he ends up getting some touches come the fall but I thought that was uh that was a guy who stood out to me at least on, on film um these two guys didn't play a ton in, in the spring game I, I don't think um RJ Stone and BJ Jackson 
they've garnered a lot of praise this spring for, you know, their, their work on the defensive side of the ball. They're both edge players, you know, kind of that hybrid. That's a new position in the last several years in football, or at least from a naming standpoint where you're an outside linebacker, but you're a defensive end, you stand up, you put your hand in the ground, you do all that sort of stuff. So they've been praised for, you know, their work as edge players for the Cougars defense. But also their leadership has garnered a lot of positive attention from their coaches. And that's to their credit because I think coaches are, are often quick to say so-and-so is doing a good job on the field. But the, the way that, that Coach Dickert and uh, their position coach, A.J. Cooper, talked about these guys. I mean, Coach Cooper said, uh, and I'm quoting him here, I have to pinch myself every day to remind myself to enjoy those guys. I, I think that you see a lot of positive comments from coaches talking about their players, right? And, and you expect that sort of stuff, right? You, you should want to see that sort of stuff if you're a fan, but you should also come to expect it because when you ask a question, you should say good things. That's kind of how this goes. But that's sort of comment that lets you know these guys are, are really becoming leaders in, in the locker room and, and they're juniors. So they, they've been around the block a little bit and, and they're talented. And Coach Dicker was praiseworthy of, you know, what, what they're able to do on the defensive side of the football for Washington State. And I, I think that those are a, a couple of names that, you know, in a season where Washington State lost a couple of players from last year at the linebacking level, you know, in the front seven of the defense, I think R.J. Stone and B.J. Jackson are guys to watch out for. Last guy is uh, another linebacker, Hudson Cedarland, who uh, was a three-star recruit from Gig Harbor, Washington. He's an early enrollee who – is already on campus and uh, coach Dickert was asked in that same press conference. I was alluding to a moment ago about evaluating film from this game and, you know, what he's going to take away and kind of what stood out, all that sort of stuff. And he, he mentioned Cedarland by name among the group of the, the young guys who might need to step up for Washington state this year, who, who will be counted on, you know, to, to fill the void left by a, a couple of stud linebackers in Jihad Woods and Justice Rogers, who, who have been staples of Washington State's defense for, for the last several seasons. So th those are names to look out for. Uh, you, you've got R.J. Stone and B.J. Jackson, along with Hudson Cedarland on the defensive side. And I'm just saying, Dylan Payne carrying the ball looked pretty good. This episode of Locked On Pac-12 Podcast is brought to you by rockauto.com. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. That includes you. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Going forward for Washington State, I think there are a couple of storylines to, to, to look for as they, you know, go into the summer months and then we're all just waiting for fall camp to come back so that we can start reading practice reports and see who's doing well and what's happening over here and what's happening, you know, all that sort of stuff. I, I think one of the things that Washington state has in terms of questions for their program going into 2022 is coach Dicker did a great job last year as the interim head coach. And now he's a full-time head coach and he's got the contract and he has the official title. Sometimes that ends up working and sometimes it does not. It's not necessarily a jab at interim coaches writ large, but sometimes 
you know, they can fill in and just kind of catch a perfect storm or guys are playing, you know, uh, feeling like they have nothing to lose and, and such because they don't know if that guy is actually going to be there when, when the next season rolls around. But they were one game away from winning the North last year. And, and you know, he used the term interviewing coach. I hadn't heard that before, and I liked it a lot. You know, when you watch him talk about his team and the the passion that he has for his players and the program and uh, the appreciation he has for the job that he has, he's an easy guy to root for. He, he's a really likable figure when, when you watch him in front of a camera. And I think Washington State should feel good about having him as their head coach. But, you know, sometimes interim head coaches – are only going to be good in the interim. And sometimes when they get the full-time job, it just, it just doesn't pan out the way. And you can't capture that same momentum and feeling that you had when you took over midseason and felt like you were, you know, starting to steer the ship back in the right direction. So I think that's, that's one thing. Another question that's there. And I touched on this a bit earlier in the show is how does Cam Ward make the adjustment to a power five FBS program. It is going to be faster. He certainly looked capable at the at the spring game over the weekend, but he was also going up against a fair number of reserves. And Washington State's defense is undergoing some turnover right now. They've got a new defensive coordinator, and they were missing some starters, and starters weren't playing a ton, so that factored into it. But he also made a couple of good throws, and he's got a good enough arm. He, he moves well. You know, he was recruited as a dual-threat quarterback. He, he can run. But, you know, like most transfers, guys who come from the FCS level to an FBS team, uh, they tend to be hit and miss. And the good news for Ward is Washington State has a new offensive coordinator, and it's Eric Morris. And Eric Morris was his head coach at Incarnate Ward, his previous school in, in the Southland Conference. They're moving to the WAC now. And so he's got that level of continuity and comfort. And that is a huge, huge thing when you're talking about a quarterback settling into not just a new environment, but a new level of football that he has to adapt to. I think having someone who he is comfortable with and has had a lot of success with is going to be a big time advantage for him. He also has to live up to some pretty high expectations because, you know, Caleb Williams was the best quarterback transfer in, in the class of 2022. And then it was Quinn Ewers. And then according to 24-7 Sports, next on the list was Cam Ward, above Spencer Rattler, who was a five-star recruit when he got to Oklahoma. It's above Keaton Slovis, who started for USC for the last couple of years. Those are big names in college football for a site like 24-7 to say, yeah, we think he's going to be a, a better transfer than those guys. Those are some pretty lofty expectations. And so it, it was a shock to me and I'm sure to many others out there as well when Jaden Delora announced he was transferring away from Washington State after being the freshman of the year. That just can't happen very often. But now Arizona set at the quarterback position in that sense. And now Washington State has got their guy. I mean, this is clearly going to be their starter. He absolutely should be. And, you know, one thing that, that he'll be wondering come this fall as well is, will the defense take another step forward? Because with Mike Leach, it was all offense. It's air raid, it's tempo, it's score a lot of points. 
it's outscore your opponent and defense is secondary, right? Chip Kelly, UCLA, same sort of deal. Lincoln Riley, when he was at Oklahoma, same sort of deal, right? Defense was always the thing where you said, okay, is this going to be at least good enough for us to win? Because the offense will score a lot of points, but you know, if the offense scores 38 and we lose, that's uh, it's still losing, right? The defense has done a lot of good things over the last couple of years, more so than they did under under Leach's staff because it's a little bit more of a focus now that you have a defensive-minded head coach. And they have some production to replace. Jihad Woods and Justice Rogers had remarkable careers for Washington State. They both started 56 career games. That's a school record. When you lose players who are not just productive but are veterans and have been just staples on your defense who have been anchors on that side of the ball, you know, no matter how many players have come and gone over the last several years, justice Rogers and Jihad Woods have been there and now they're gone. It's why I mentioned Hudson Cedarland earlier as somebody who might have to step up on the defensive side of the ball. And that's, you know, what coach Dickert says is there might be some young players who are relied upon here because, you lose guys like that, and there's just a big void, and anybody could step into them. And uh, Washington State, with their first-year defensive coordinator Brian Ward, um, big, big, big Ward connection there. Um, they're they're not trying to change too much schematically, from what I have read, but it's still going to be different because you'll have a, a different voice on the defensive side of the ball. You have some different names as well. So, how does their defense continue to progress? I think is arguably the biggest question as Washington State looks to build on on what was really a strong 2021 campaign in which they were within a game of winning the Pac-12 North. I appreciate everyone listening. I'll see you next time and have a wonderful rest of your day.